151. Forethought. Progression Tracker 0.6.0. Marker 1. Huh? 23rd Fallow. Marker 2. Dawn. 19. 24th Fallow. Span. 13.9 hours. General experience earned. Stamina use. 211. Mana use. 17,240. Tolerance. Strength. 47 to 48. Recovery. 33 to 35. Synchronization. Vigor. 5.9 to 6.2. Focus. 17.8 to 18.6. Perception. 8.4 to 8.5. Accolades. The Icy Cellar. Plus 1,000 to health. The Halls of Corruption. Plus 40 focus. The Lair of Embers. Plus 1,000 heat resistance. We can't just call it the Lair. Plus 200 force resistance. South Shore Rat Warren. Plus 1,000 health. Green Fort. Plus 50% stronger grip when climbing. Everdeep Fortress. Plus 10 perception. Sharpton's Delving. Plus 200 stamina regen per day. Total known skill trees. Tier 0, 144. Tier 1, 144. Tier 2, 144. Tier 3, 143. Tier 4, 0. Richmond Rain Stroudwater. Class Dynamo. Level 19, Cap 24. Plus 10 stats. Experience 18,218. Next, 26,463. Total, 1,743,051. Plus 1 skill. Vitals. Health, 3,521 of 3,560. 530 per day. Stamina, 871 of 880. 970 per day. Mana, 7,500 of 7,500. 2.9 per second. Attributes. 202 of 182. Strength. 58. Recovery. 22.1. Endurance. 13.2. Vigor. 35.3. Focus. 18.6. Clarity. 200. Perception. 8.5. Speed. 9.4. Synchronization. Strength. 100%. Recovery. 49%. Endurance. 40%. Vigor. 62%. Focus. 37.2%. Clarity, 100%. Perception, 42.5%. Speed, 94%. Resistances, 1,940, question mark. Flat, heat, 1,543.4. Cold, 543.4. Light, 3.4. Dark, 3.4. Force, 633.4. Arcane, 43.4. Chemical, 493.4. Mental, 3.4. Percentage, 0%. Magical Utility, Tier 0. Intrinsic Clarity, 10 out of 10. Intrinsic Focus, 10 out of 10. Tier 1, Channel Mastery, 10 out of 10. Mana Manipulation, 10 out of 10. Overcharge, 0 out of 10 plus. Delay Cast of Immediate Spell to Charge It with Mana. Tier 2, Magical Synergy, 10 out of 10. Tier 3, Mana Sight, 0 out of 10 plus. Passively Perceive Mana Within the Environment. Resolution is 10% of that of Mundane Optical Sight. Elemental Refinement, 0 out of 10, plus Shaping Kata for Elemental Mana Hidden Skill Revealed by Meeting Requirements Requirements, 10 ranks in Mana Manipulation Requires 10 ranks in Magical Synergy Tier 4, Locked Utility Auras Tier 0, Winter, 10 out of 10 Purify, 10 out of 10 Spring, 0 out of 10, plus Boost Stamina Regen by 18% for all entities Summer, 0 out of 10, plus Boost health regen by 18% for all entities. Tier 1. Essence well, 10 out of 10. Detection, 10 out of 10. Velocity, 10 out of 10. Energy well, 0 out of 10. Life well, 0 out of 10. Tier 2. Acuity, 0 out of 10 plus. 18% boost to physical senses for all entities. Precision, 0 out of 10. Tier 3. Empire of will, 0 out of 10 plus. Boost focus by 18 for all entities. Empire of Brawn, 0 out of 10. Empire of Grit, 0 out of 10. Tier 4, Locked. Defensive Auras, Tier 0. Heat Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase heat resistance by 5.4% for all entities. Cold Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase cold resistance by 5.4% for all entities. Tier 1, Mental Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase mental resistance. 
Dark Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase Dark Resistance. Light Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase Light Resistance. Chemical Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase Chemical Resistance. Arcane Ward, 0 out of 10 plus. Increase Arcane Resistance. Tier 2, Force Ward, 10 out of 10. Tier 3, Suppression, 0 out of 10. Tier 4, Locked. Offensive Auras, Tier 0, Refrigerate, 10 out of 10. Immolate, 10 out of 10. Tier 1, Radiance, 0 out of 10 plus. 15.75 to 18 light focus damage per second to entities. Shear, 0 out of 10 plus. Force damage. Shroud, 0 out of 10 plus. Dark damage. Tier 2, Corrosion, 0 out of 10. Fulmination, 0 out of 10. Tier 3, Discombobulate, 0 out of 10. Tier 4, Locked. Aura Metamagic, Tier 0, Amplify Aura, 10 out of 10. Extend Aura, 10 out of 10. Tier 1, Aura Focus, 10 out of 10. Aura Synergy, 10 out of 10. Tier 2, Aura IFF, 10 out of 10. Tier 3, Aura Compression, 10 out of 10. Ethereal Aura, 0 out of 10 plus. User may exempt the aura from environmental effects at will. Tier 4, Locked. Rain sat silent and motionless, staring up at the ceiling of blue panels that only he could see. It was before dawn. Amelia was asleep beside him, breathing softly, and Torhart was on watch. Dozer was still sleeping as well, a comfortable ball of contentment in the back of his mind. Rain had set his alarm for an hour before they'd agreed to start the day. As he'd only promised Amelia that he wouldn't stay up late, he'd said nothing about waking up early. He needed the time to review his status properly. Rain had been taking it easy, merely almost levelling again after a few hours of uneventful walking and a night's sleep, though technically some of the experience had come from before he'd raised his cap. Unlike combat experience, experience earned from mana use waited, floating in limbo until it was applied. It was another of those little quirks of the system that irked him to no end, and was a major point against the experience-is-essence theory. Though it sounded a bit crazy, Rain didn't actually want to level up quickly. He needed to explore his soul first. He had never even seen his paling, let alone the damage to it. Earning too much experience at once was what had broken it before, and if he pushed, he'd likely tear it open again, assuming it had been fixed, of course. He didn't know. No matter how much better he felt physically, doubts still filled his mind. One fact in particular tore at him, like a thorn lodged in his brain. If fixing a paling was as easy as killing a blue, Barton would have known and he wouldn't have kept it a secret. Having a non-member raise their cap was against the fundamental philosophy of the watch. Rain got that, but he was a custodian. That changed things. If Bartom had been aware that a cap-up would help, he would have said so. The man was trustworthy. He'd even gone to the watch higher-ups on Rain's behalf to ask for the knowledge and it was only after he'd come back that he'd become closed-lipped and apologetic. Forbidden to say more. Forbidden. Just kill the blue isn't some vast secret. There has to be something more to it. But I'm not about to subject myself to a full mental scan to find out. I've got secrets of my own to protect. Dangerous ones. Warden is scary enough without her knowing about nukes, too. Rain grimaced, then shook his head. Soul knowledge wasn't that, he was sure. The Watch's restrictions on the subject weren't about protecting the world. They were about staying in control. While it was true that their organization did have the stated goal of standing up for the powerless, they also worked to keep them that way. The bank, the guild, the nobility, they're all the same. The people in power refuse to share it. It's infuriating. If I want to upset the status quo, I need to understand souls. And if nobody is going to tell me, 
I'll figure it out myself, damn it. I'm not going to be stupid about it, though. When I break my paling again, it's going to be on purpose, with my eyes open. Realizing that he'd been staring at his status without seeing it for several minutes, Rain forced himself to relax. He clicked his tongue, then waved the panels away, along with his foolish tadpole dreams. How about I get to silver first, huh? Opening a pair of new windows, Rain turned his attention to the more immediate future. He'd be picking a skill later today, the one piece of advancement he was allowing himself. He needed to make sure he didn't screw it up. Build Notes, version 17.odt Key assumption, no extra skill points are available by any means. Priority 1, legendary dynamo. Reasoning, duh. Requirements, pure clarity, not a problem. Five trees with five skills at ten. Defensive auras, one out of five. Offensive auras, two out of five. Magical utility, five out of five. Utility auras, five out of five. Aura metamagic, six out of five. Bottom line. Only DA and OA before 26. 5 DA, 3 OA. All other skills removed from consideration. Priority 2. Prismatic intent. Reasoning. Constant winter. Multi-spectral shields. Perpetual detection, etc. Requirement. 15 unique auras. Will be met if number 1 is met. Bottom line. Take prismatic intent at 26. Priority 3. Ethereal Aura. Reasoning. Eliminate Mage Burn for self and for others. Allow use of combat auras in populated areas. With care, burning monsters can still light houses on fire. Requirement. 10 Mana Manipulation. Met. 10 Aura IFF. Met. Bottom line. Take Ethereal Aura at 27. Priority 4. Spring. Reasoning. Mass Stamina Regeneration. Need it for evac of Vestval to three cliffs. We have old people, animals, kids, etc. to think about. Massive benefits for training and party sustain. Requirement? None. Bottom line. Take spring after ethereal aura. Amelia offered to take it if I can't for some reason. Wouldn't be as strong, unless she goes full auras, but then we lose whatever else she could be doing and I'm not sure how well she'd do with the level of mana required. Priority 5. Unknown Tier 4. Reasoning. Tier 4 is available at level 29 for rare or legendary classes. Requirements. 100,000 experience to unlock. Unknown skill prerequisites. Bottom line. Prioritize higher tier skills within reason. More likely to be Tier 4 requisites. Priority 6. Summer. Reasoning. Mass passive heal. Unlock fall. Requirement, none. Bottom line, take summer after spring. Priority seven, fall. Reasoning. Reduces eliminates need for food or water for entities. What about vitamins and minerals? What about plants and microbes and stuff? Exact effects unknown. Vital for evacuation to three cliffs. We are surviving here because there are monsters to eat. There won't be monsters on the way. Reduced need of supplies for the company thereafter. Decent chance of unlocking a hidden imperial aura. Requirement? Ten, presumed winter. Ten, presumed spring. Ten, presumed summer. Bottom line, take fall after summer. Again, Amelia offered to take it. Wouldn't be as strong. Would take her time to rank up the other seasons. She could dump them afterward, but still. Other stuff. Further ranking of skills is not productive. There are too many unknowns. This section is just to help me think things through by typing them out. Discombobulate versus suppression. Suppression is a non-lethal mage killer. Discombobulate is a highly lethal everything killer. Suppression likely has some hidden characteristics. Otherwise, why take it over discombobulate? More research is needed. Higher tier skills. Generally better, one would think. Require more experience to level. Might benefit the soul. Higher chance of unlocking tier 4s. Hidden skills. Two element combo offensive auras. Heat cold. Is an opposed pair. No combo exists. Reasonable, therefore, 
that opposed pairs are invalid. If combos exist, they would be, therefore, cold-dark, heat-light, force-mental, arcane-chemical, two-element combo defensive auras, plausible, offense-defense combos, plausible, fastest path, to test would be heat ward or cold ward at level 19. Heat cold ward, redundant for self. Given current resistances. With prismatic, could use a ward to protect allies from OA, but not mana efficient. Acuity precision. There is a clear alignment here. Even if they don't unlock anything, they will complement each other. Elemental refinement unlocks. Possible combo with any skill that has an element. Mana manipulation unlocks. There is one hidden skill per tree that requires mana manipulation. Just a matter of finding it. Full board combos. Four seasons. All but confirmed that the first three unlock full. Four imperial auras. Symmetry suggests there is a fourth. Eight elemental defensive combo. Apart from being able to defend against anything possible that this would unlock something. Eight element offensive combo, again possible. Eight eight offensive defensive combo, maybe, maybe, maybe. Upcoming biomes. If needed, I can take the appropriate ward or offensive aura. Wards don't have the efficiency to compete with the damage down here, but are better than nothing. Skills that aren't aura skills. One point wonders. Arcane mastery. Still need to verify that all utility auras count as arcane. 90% sure, but my interface won't tell me. Requires arcane bolt. Ugh. Message. Comms are vital. Would require five points to get. To do. Invent radio instead. Other element masteries. Physical intrinsics. Physical synergies. Elemental resistance passives. You'll got any more of them skill points. Tamer skills. Revive Dozer. I tamed him without them. But that's tier zero. Flight Airwalk. Lots of prerequisites. There may be other ways to fly. Air magic, maybe, or straight up force. Lavaro can fly. I need to find a way to ask Maria for details without pissing her off. Hashtag to do. More. Some stuff like Katas. Basic crafting, etc. Can be done without skills. Need to prioritize my time. Solution space is massive. Feels like O, 2 to the power of N to sift through. Skill in order of priority. Refrigerate. Extend aura. Purify. Winter. Intrinsic clarity. Amplify aura. Detection. Aura focus. Channel mastery. Intrinsic focus. Velocity. Immolate. Magical synergy. Aura Synergy, Essence Well, Aura IFF, Force Ward, Mana Manipulation, Aura Compression, Mental Ward, Radiance, Shroud, Chemical Ward, Suppression, Arcane Ward, Fulmination, Prismatic Intent, Ethereal Aura, Spring, Summer, Fall, Discombobulate, Mana Sight, Elemental Refinement, Overcharge, Acuity, Empire of Brawn, Empire of Grit, Empire of Will, Energy Well, Life Well, Precision, Shear, Cold Ward, Dark Ward, Heat Ward, Light Ward, Corrosion. Rain rubbed at his neck. It was a lot to think about. First and foremost, there was the requirement for Legendary Dynamo. Not the pure clarity piece of it, which went without saying, but the need to have five skills, each in five separate skill trees. Specializations were picked at the same time as the class itself, and they were final. You couldn't just take the class and pick trees later once you filled them in. While technically a person could pick a class anyway, forfeiting any specializations they didn't qualify for, that was not an option. It was an agonizing restriction, yet strangely welcome. Decision paralysis was much less of a problem the fewer options you had. Theoretically, all of the offensive or defensive auras Rain knew about were on the table. Discombobulate was an exception. Locked out by its requirement, 
until after he picked his class. Suppression was possible, but if he wanted to take it, then his options were further restricted. He needed to take an aura of each element first. To avoid boxing himself into any corners, Rain had gone through his table and marked where each tree and element was satisfied. Even though he was sure he had everything correct now, he'd spent hours and hours agonizing over this version of the list, checking, rechecking, and then rechecking again. Rain clenched his jaw, stopping himself from going through it all again. Today, he just needed to pick what came first. If the next biome is arcane, arcane ward comes first. If it's dark, I take radiance. If it's light, I take shroud. If it's chem, chem ward. Otherwise, mental ward. It has the highest chance of a combo with force ward. Besides, nobody is stealing my memes. I won't allow it. Ring nodded to himself, closing the panels and turning his head to check on Amelia, still asleep beside him. Or not, he blinked, finding her watching him with a smile on her lips. How long is she? Hi, Amelia whispered, giving him a knowing look. Been up long. Rain did his best to look innocent. I did sleep, I swear. Damn, I wanted to make her breakfast before she woke up. Amelia laughed softly, then moved in for a good morning kiss. Two hours later, Rain and Amelia stood side by side, watching with interest as Tallheart carefully reassembled the depth gauge. The fire moss was glowing warmly now bathing their camp in reddish light. Tallheart had removed his gauntlets, a rare sight, and was working with a pair of tweezers. One by one he placed Tell into sockets in the inscribed stone disc that they'd found sitting below the instrument's dial. The Tell he was using were the same ones that had been in there originally, not replacements. Each was inscribed with an identical, intricate rune. That in itself was amazing. Drawing those runes would have been like carving rice. Possible, but incredibly difficult. Torhart didn't know what the runes actually did either. The depth gauge had a metal housing, but its guts were all stone and crystal. It was outside his area of expertise. Hmm, the smith said as he replaced the last tell and set down his tweezers. Carefully, he placed the painted dial over the stone disc, lined it up, and pressed until it snapped into the case with a click. He replaced the indicator needle next, fixing it to the dial with a tiny screw. Here, he said, holding the completed instrument out to rain. You have unnatural luck. You should be the one to charge it. If you say so, rain said taking the device from him gingerly. It isn't going to explode or anything, is it? It may, Tallheart said simply. Rain nodded, preparing himself for a surprise as he fed a trickle of mana into the delicate instrument. The needle twitched, then rose smoothly, stopping to hover at fifteen. Still the same, Amelia said with a sigh. It's either still working or still broken the same way. Hmm, Tallheart said, packing up his tools. We shall see. Rain nodded, prodding the needle ever so gently with a fingertip, then watching it spring back into place. It was moving more freely now, if nothing else. They'd been a bit of dust trapped inside the mechanism that had been causing it to get stuck, but otherwise there'd been no apparent damage. He shook his head, then snapped the lid closed. We need another one of these. Relying on just one reading is a bad idea. It's a single point of failure. Yes, Tallheart said, frowning as he flexed his left hand before replacing his gauntlet. Rain's eyes flicked to Amelia's pack, where the arcane Grand Christ was tucked away safely, then to Tallheart's metal carriers, where the Valis now rested in ingot form. He looked back to Tallheart, then cleared his throat. What do you need to fix your gauntlet anyway? Can you use the valise to do it? Tallheart shook his head slowly. 
more metals are required, as well as several Grand Christ and Grand Tell, not just arcane, all elements. Ah, Rain said. Multi-layer kind of deal? Yes, Torhart said, gesturing to his armor at large. It was slightly battered, just as it had been since the day Rain had met him. Repairing even the cosmetic damage would not be easy. It is a waste of resources, he inclined his head to Amelia. Ones that may be better spent, Amelia nodded, rubbing at her neck awkwardly. I still don't like that you aren't getting anything out of this. I am, Tolhart said, rumbling by way of non-elaboration. Have you decided what type of weapon you will use? I, yes, Amelia said. Oh? Rain asked, suddenly excited. Amelia glanced at him, then back at Tolhard, before looking down at her feet. I'm going for Lily's build, mostly. Sharp shooting, elemental archery, heavy armor, and... Equipment use are the four main trees I'll be pulling skills from. I'm keeping airwalk plus my usuals if I can. I've used some of the bow skills before, but I'll have to level the stuff in heavy armor and equipment use from nothing. We knew that was going to be an issue, whatever weapon I picked. She looked up, meeting Torhart's eyes. A bow is the best option. We need the range. Hmm, Torhart said. If the mention of Lily bothered him, he didn't show it. If we can find enough adamant, I can make something possible. Grand Arcane Valis would make a worthy core, but it would not serve on its own. Rain grinned, looking between his friends before gesturing toward the trees. Well. What are we waiting for? Let's go get some adamant, then. They packed up quickly, leaving behind nothing save a metal marker for detection. The walk back to the site of the battle with the Hababa Shaman King was uneventful, with Amelia simply fireballing the occasional monster that they encountered. When Rain questioned her about it, asking whether she, as their ace, should be wasting mana like that, she said to stop worrying about such a small amount of mana. She insisted that she was doing it to train her focus tolerance. But Rain suspected the real reason was that she was trying to help him without admitting it. He'd mentioned to her that he was trying to avoid leveling. If they'd used the same combat strategy that they'd been using, the kill experience would have pushed him up to level 20 in short order. He was grateful to her, whatever her motivation. Detection would soon push him over the threshold. He wasn't about to turn off their early warning system, but since he could control when the experience was applied, he'd still be able to run the experiment he wanted. He intended to be inside his soul when the next application occurred. Soon enough, they arrived, finding the battleground mostly as they'd left it. They'd suspected there might be a few hubbubbers waiting for them, but there were none to be seen. Instead, they found a few dozen lava slimes, likely freshly spawned overnight. The monsters were grouped up loosely, a moderate distance away around the edge of the lava lake. The lava itself had drained a bit, rain saw, having still been filling up when they left. There was a hardened rim of stone showing where it had retreated from its banks, and there was now an outlet where the lava had found its way back to its original path. The stone outcropping with the cave stood at the centre of a small island at the centre of the lake, the lava never having reached that high. What are we doing about that? Amelia asked, gesturing vaguely and interrupting Rain's observation. The lava slimes? Rain asked, trying to guess what she'd been pointing at. Amelia shook her head. No, the lava itself. 
It might have swallowed up some of the adamant shards. She raised her hand. The slimes aren't a problem. I don't care how heat-resistant they are. Without chanting, she lobbed a fireball toward the nearest of the creatures, still at least fifty meters away. It was a good thing, as when the projectile struck, there was a violent explosion, and the lava slime ceased to be. Burning globs of molten stone rained down everywhere nearby, hissing and steaming as they struck the ground. The system rewarded rain with a single point of experience, apparently for witnessing the show. The force component is plenty, Amelia said in satisfaction, lowering her arm. Right, Rain said, nodding, watching the remaining slimes as they proceeded to flip their shit. They oozed around in panic, clearly unsure where the attack had come from. Amelia started walking toward the lake, looking over her shoulder to speak to Rain and Tallheart. I can dip back into Geomancer and dig a new channel to drain the lake, or I could use a shovel, I suppose. I don't plan on swimming in lava if I can help it. Rain blinked, then quickly wiggled out of his pack. He dropped his shield too. As it was clear enough, he didn't need it, then hurried after her. Torhart didn't follow, busy removing his mobile forge. Rain caught up to Amelia right at the edge of the lake, stopping beside her to stand on the brittle crust surrounding it. He pinged with detection to make sure there were no lava slimes lurking beneath the surface, then reached into a pocket and retrieved the depth gauge, wrapped up in a sock. Strapping the fragile instrument to the inside of his shield was convenient, but not the greatest idea in retrospect. Well? Amelia asked, watching him out of the corner of her eye as she monitored the lava slimes. Rain clicked his tongue as he checked the gauge, finding that it still read 15. Still the same, he said, wrapping it up and tucking it away. Oh well, Amelia shrugged. Uh-oh, looks like they saw us, she said, utterly failing to sound concerned. Rain looked up to see the entire pack of slimes had started oozing in their direction around the lake, taking the long way. They can't swim? Rain asked, raising an eyebrow. Apparently not, Amelia said, raising her arm. She began casually fireballing them, occasionally taking out two or three at a time. It was hard to take them as a serious threat after seeing that, so Rain returned his attention to something else that was bothering him. He gestured at the lake, struggling to articulate his thoughts. Why is this lava here at all? I mean, there's no obvious source of heat. I would have thought it would have all cooled long before it made it this far into the cavern. It's just flowing along the surface, not welling up from below or anything. It's the heat, Mana, Amelia said, pausing her assault to glance at him. And Rain noticed that there were droplets of sweat forming on her forehead. It's everywhere. Also, aren't you hot in there? Rain grinned beneath his helmet. Not at all. Thermal regulation, remember? It's amazing how well it works with the visor down. The air is just a bit warm coming in. He paused, tilting his head. Still stinks, though. The fumes probably aren't great for our lungs, but chem resistance should take care of that. Detection says there's plenty of oxygen. He knelt, then carefully poked at the lava with one of his adamant fingertips. It felt thick and gooey, like molten marshmallow. Some of it stuck to his fingertip as he pulled it away. It glowed brightly. He checked his saturation gauge, finding that it hadn't budged, which wasn't surprising. Environmental mana didn't get absorbed by metal nearly as quickly as the mana that made up spells. If it did, the world would have been a much easier place to live in. All you'd need to do would be to pave your streets with iron, and then you could build a city anywhere you wanted without fear of monster spawns. That was if mana had anything to do with spawns in the first place. It seemed more likely that ambient mana and monster spawns were both symptoms of the same underlying cause, namely ambient essence. Rain stood thinking hard as he continued staring at his glowing fingertip. The heat had started to overwhelm the thermal regulation enchantment. It wasn't painful, 
just a bit warm. He shook his head, looking back at Amelia. So it's staying hot because we're in a heat biome? Hmm, Tallheart said. Rain didn't jump, though detection hadn't given him any warning. He simply expected it at this point. He pivoted smoothly to find the smith standing right behind him. Such things are common enough, Tallheart continued, sounding slightly disappointed at the lack of a reaction. He snorted, then approached the edge and knelt before plunging his hand fully into the lava. Moments later, he rumbled in satisfaction. Iron. Good. Oh, Rain asked, glancing at Amelia, who had just sniped off the last of the lava slimes. Rain used detection to verify that she'd gotten them all, then pinged again at higher power, trying to sense the iron Tallheart had felt. The entire lake lit up in his mind, and he smiled. Looking back at his finger, he gave it a little flick, attempting to dislodge the glob of lava only now starting to cool. Irritatingly, it remained stuck. I shouldn't try this without my gauntlets, heat resistance or not. I mean, damn, could an unawakened person even stand here? Tallheart rose freeing his own hand of lava by whipping it down through the air faster than Rain could see. Hmm, he rumbled, looking coolly out over the lake. I will construct a full smelter and begin extraction. We must still gather the blade shards, however. The more adamant we find, the less iron I will need to condense. He paused scratching at the base of one of his antlers. Even so, I believe we will be here for some time. This is a valuable opportunity. He lowered his hand, then turned to face Rain. We should not move on until I have constructed a full set of armor for Amelia and have added a layer of adamant to yours. Awesome. Rain said, unable to contain his grin. Struck by a thought, he used refrigerate to solidify a clump of lava still stubbornly clinging to his fingertip. Once it was mostly cool, it began to crumble, and he was able to pry it loose with his other hand. What about the cave, though? Shouldn't we explore that first before we set up camp? Yes, we should, Amelia said. She turned, then spread her arms wide beckoning to them as if inviting them to a group hug. Come here, you two. I'll airwalk us over. Rain grinned, eagerly moving to accept her invitation. Torhart, on the other hand, snorted, then turned to walk back toward their packs. Torhart, come on, we need you, Amelia said as Rain clung to her side. But the smith ignored her. After a moment, he turned to face the direction of the cave, then broke into a sprint. Just before he reached the lake's edge, he jumped, shattering the brittle stone with the force of his takeoff. He soared through the air in a graceful arch, easily clearing the forty-odd meters to land on the island, surrounding the stone outcropping. Oh, Amelia said with a snort. Without warning, she scooped rain off his feet, shifting him to a princess carry with no apparent effort. Easier with just one anyway. Stop squirming. Rain smiled behind his helmet, relaxing into her arms before he recovered from the shock. I don't hate this. Amelia snorted, then jumped out over the lava, zigzagging with each footstep. She bound across, staying a few meters above the surface until landing safely on the other side. She straightened herself from the landing, then looked down at Rain and raised an eyebrow. No screaming? Rain laughed. Of course not. You'd never drop me. Amelia promptly dropped him. Enough play, Tallheart said sternly, as Rain continued laughing from his position on the ground. We face the unknown. Rain closed his mouth quickly. Sorry. He got to his feet, then used detection at full power, getting a response from the cave, diagonally down at the very limit of his range. He pointed. Monster that way. About a hundred meters. Hang on, 
Several pings later, he relaxed, shaking his head. It's just a hubbub, a regular one. He pinged a few more times, then smiled. The cave slopes down gently for about 50 meters. Then there's a vertical shaft and a passage below that. It looks like we were right about this being the way forward. The hubaba is at the bottom of the shaft, and it hasn't moved since I picked it up. Okay, wait here, Amelia said, turning back toward the lake. I'm going to get your shield before we say hello. Actually, I'll get all of our stuff. It will be safer in the cave than it is out in the open. Rain nodded. That's probably a good idea. I'd help, but, you know, he shrugged. Can't fly. Don't worry about it, Amelia said, jumping away. She spun in midair, then amazingly seemed to perch there as she waved back to them. Rain, keep an eye on Tollhart, will you? You know how he's always running off. Hmm, Tollhart snorted, sounding amused. He moved to stand next to Rain, watching her as she spun away and resumed her progress toward the shore. When she touched down, she turned to Rain, smiling slightly. She has improved. At Airwalk? Rain asked, smiling back. Yeah, she's really getting the hang of it, even with her boots on. No, Tollhart said, shaking his head. It is true, but it is not what I was referring to. What do you mean, then? Rain asked. She has improved at managing you. She told you to watch me, but her statement was intended for... I got it, Tallheart, I got it. Rain interrupted, waving him off. I don't need managing. It's just hard for me to feel afraid of stuff when you two are around. You're so strong that it's ridiculous. He pointed at the cave. For crying out loud, I just detected a Reaper-class monster, and it made me feel better, not worse. Hmm, Tollhart rumbled in acceptance. It is true. The unknown is the greater fear. Right. Well, let's see if we can do something about that, Rain said, pulling out the depth gauge and removing it from its protective sock. He flipped open the cover and then sighed. Still 15. Let's wait until she gets back to check what it says inside. Wise, Tallheart said. The silence stretched for a moment. Then he spoke again. To be clear, I was joking. You do not require management. Merely occasional guidance. Rain smiled and opened his mouth, but his response was interrupted by a heavy thud as Amelia landed. She was wearing the double gamgi and was holding Tallheart's mobile forge in one hand, his metal cases in the other, and her own pack in her teeth by one of the straps. She threaded her arm through the grips of Rain's shield, wedging it high on her upper arm so she could manage everything else. She spat out the strap as he stared, leaving her pack to fall to the ground, then bent to set Tallheart's stuff down more gently. What? She asked, seeing him watching her. Rain chuckled. <laughs> Nothing. I brought in groceries before. Amelia smiled, looking slightly confused. She didn't ask, though, simply handing him his shield. Here. Thanks, Rain said, accepting it. He verified that none of the potion bottles strapped to its back had slipped free, then slid his arm through the strap. Once it was secure, he looked up at his friends and gestured vaguely in the direction of the cave, with the hand holding the depth gauge. Shall we? Amelia nodded, summoning her lunar orb and sending it zipping into the cave. She and Tallheart followed it inside, with Rain bringing up the rear. By unspoken agreement, the three of them slowed down as they continued, until they were moving at a cautious, near-silent creep. Rain, for one, was really feeling the cramped darkness pressing down on him. They'd been underground this whole time, of course, but it hadn't felt like it back in the ashen jungle. Perhaps some of his unease came from his attention on the depth gauge, grasped tightly in his hand. With each step he took, the needle wavered ever so slightly from the motion. Slowly but surely, however, it was rising. Sixteen, he whispered, informing the others as it passed the next demarcation. 
Amelia nodded without looking back, speaking in a slightly louder voice. I can see a drop ahead. We're almost... Oh! Rain froze, tensing as the echoes of the Hubbubba's call rebounded from the tunnel walls. The others had frozen as well, and the three of them waited breathlessly until silence returned. Then began to stretch. Amelia cautiously motioned them forward, and they proceeded until she and Torhart were right at the edge, looking down, with the rain lingering behind. She glanced back at him, then gave a slight shake of her head. She can't see it, Rain gestured to her quickly, using hand code. It is still there, no other monsters that I can feel. Lure it, Amelia replied, also in hand code. Rain nodded in agreement, and she tapped Tallheart on the shoulder, then repeated the first sign. Lure? Yes, Tallheart said at a normal volume. The echoes of his voice were immediately drowned out by a booming cry that turned into a continuing stream of protests. On and on, the hubbubba screeched and clamoured like the enormous, angry monkey that it was. Nice work, Amelia yelled over the noise, summoning a fireball over her palm and sending the lunar orb out over the edge. Wait, did you actually know what sign I was using? Yes, Torhart replied just as loudly. I did. Rain shook his head, his ears ringing from the continuing racket. It still isn't moving, he yelled. If it will not come to us, we will go to it, Torhart replied, beckoning to Rain and joining them. Come. Rain nodded, tucking away the depth gauge. He moved up to the edge, then looked down. It was about fifty meters to the bottom the same height that had almost killed him once before. Had killed him, depending on your definition. He felt no fear. Amelia sent her lunar orb down, and its light soon illuminated the hubbubba, crumpled in a heap at the bottom of the shaft, still screaming at them. As the light washed over it, its anger seemed to double, the volume of its cries somehow rising another few notches. Rain couldn't see its health from here, but... It looked uh, not well. Something's wrong with it, Amelia shouted. Without warning, Torhart jumped. Amelia looked at Rain quickly, surprise on her face. Then she jerked her head toward the edge before jumping off herself. Not wanting to be left behind, Rain followed without hesitation, activating Force Ward and drawing his mattock as he fell. By the time he landed, the echoes of the Hababa's screams were already fading. It was left here, Torhart said, lifting his fist from the bloody crater where the monster's head had been. The others abandoned it. Hmm. Or they were the ones to cripple it in the first place. You really think so? Amelia asked, Torhart nodding in response. I wonder what it did to piss them off. Torhart shook his head. That is not it. I believe it was left here as bait for something below, he rumbled deeply. Or perhaps as an offering. Rain felt a shiver run down his spine. The air was thick down here somehow. Cool too, he realized. Thermal regulation had reversed direction. An offering for what? Amelia asked. I'm not buying it. Stop trying to scare us. Rain, is there anything else down here? Just tunnels, Rain said. That had been the first thing he'd checked after landing. No monsters, at least. He swallowed heavily. Not ones that I can sense. Did you use full power? Amelia asked. Rain nodded, looking around. Of course. What's wrong with the air? It feels weird. Thick. Are we in a new biome? I can't tell yet, Amelia said, shaking her head. The ambient mana is neutral. I agree with you about the air, though. What does detection say? It's fine as far as I can tell, Rain said with a helpless shrug, having just checked exactly that. Nitrogen, oxygen, no carbon monoxide. Anyone got a canary? Come along, 
Tallheart said, starting off down the continuing tunnel, stopping to look back at them when they didn't immediately follow. We are in a liminal space. It should not be much further, Rain nodded, glancing once more at the broken hubbubble. He didn't feel the need to use Purify, even though it was a grisly scene. With Dozer straining out of his soul, that particular compulsion was gone. Dozer, be glad you're still asleep. I'm not sure how much you'd like it down here. Rain shook his head, then hurried to follow Tallheart and Amelia, seeing that they were both waiting for him. As they continued, the tunnel occasionally branched off, but Rain kept them from taking any wrong turns. It was a maze down here, it seemed, but so far there'd been only one main passage. The other offshoots either ended in dead ends or narrowed to impassibility. Save for the sound of their footsteps, it was as silent as a crypt. The air seemed to grow thicker and thicker too, dragging at them like they were wading through soup. Rain gradually became aware of pain from his hand, and he had to force himself to release his death grip on his mattock. Tallheart's right. The unknown really is the worst. Where are all the monsters? Finally, Amelia raised a hand, stopping them. I'm sure now. There's still a bit of a mix to the manor, but getting more arcane the further we go. Her voice sounded strange, deeper than normal. Hmm. Good, Tallheart said. The Christs will be useful. His voice was deeper too. And for him, that was saying something. When he rumbled, the noise was even more like an earthquake than usual. Do you sense anything ahead, Rain? Rain shook his head. Nothing new. I would have told you if there was. Wow. I sound strange too. He cleared his throat. Focus. It's just some arcane bullshit. The tunnel continues. No monsters or big chambers ahead. Let me check the depth gauge. He slipped his mattock back through his belt, then fished the instrument out of his pouch. He flicked open the lid, then cursed. Damn. What is it? Amelia asked, glancing back at him. It didn't break, did it? No. Rain said, turning it toward her so she could see for herself. The needle was pressed hard against the stop at the end of the dial, right above the number 20. Looks like we're on our own from here. I guess fixing it was a waste of time. Hmm, Tallheart said, turning and walking past Rain back up the tunnel. Come. It would be best not to linger. We now know what we will face. The next biome will be arcane, and it is at a rank nearing the wall. We must prepare. Rain nodded, turning to follow. A prickle ran across his neck, and he glanced over his shoulder at the darkness, then back down to the gauge, still clutched in his hand. His lungs felt heavy, like they were full of liquid instead of air. Wordlessly, he opened his interface. Arcane ward it is. <laughs>